Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the In the Blue Paint podcast. Uh, we are back with a new episode this week, our second one. Um, fortunately, we have a lot more news to talk about than last week. Last week was a lot of speculation. Uh, this week, we have a lot more news. Unfortunately, it's not about games like I was hoping it to be, uh, but we still have an, uh, really a news-packed episode that we're going to be going over today. The first major story, of course, unfortunately, it's the second now. This came out on the 29th. Um, the IIHF, or the International Ice Hockey Federation, uh, World Junior Championships were canceled um, after four days. Um, in the third and fourth of those four days, the United States, uh, the Czechs, and the Russians all had to forfeit preliminary round games due to positive COVID tests. Um, so the whole tournament was co- called off um, in the eyes of what was going on in the tournament, the best possible decision. The sad thing is, is it's a lot of players that have worked their entire lives to make this tournament that the opportunity to bring home gold is not completely gone. Um, You really get one, maybe two shots at this tournament. And these are kids really um, to win this. And it's getting taken away from them by what really is just mistakes by the IIHF. I'm not going to go into today them canceling all the tournaments in January because that's way above what I really want to be talking about here in serious tone and how deep that goes that they canceled the women's tournament and didn't attempt it, but we attempted the men's and that's beyond what I want to get into today. Though still deserves to be talked about. Maybe we'll do a special episode for that. Um, the problem I have with this is that the IIHF really just haphazardly did this tournament. If you look at what they did last year, it was a real bubble situation where it was the players in their hotel rooms. And then they went directly from the hotel rooms to the rink and back. The hotel rooms or the entire hotel buildings were reserved just for tournament personnel and players. Um, it was a bubble, similar to like the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, or the COVID Cup, as we call it, in the NHL. It was completely isolated. Um, the IHF didn't do any of that. They It was just public hotels, and it's definitely not the main reason. I think uh, Canada is doing pretty bad with the Omicron variant. Um but the proper precautions to make sure this tournament can go on just simply were not taken by the IIHF. Especially considering now, it's hard to find proof, and I don't want to blame this, but the hotel where the, I believe it was the Americans and the Swedes were staying at, had a several hundred person wedding going on. And I heard stories, masks weren't being worn. As, you know, and in this situation, we would take every precaution to make sure this is going on. This is a massive moment. We need it to happen, and masks were being worn, and social distancing wasn't happening, and just proper protocols for the players weren't able to be enforced as well as they should have because of this supposed massive wedding happening in the Red Deer Hotel. Red Deer being the town that they're also hosting a tournament with. Um, so unfortunately, we got to miss out on that. We're also missing out on the women's variant of the tournament. Um it's really a shame because I love the World Juniors. Um, and it's 
you know, always creates like a USA versus Canada situation, which especially with the Olympics getting canceled recently, these kind of international, it's not best on best because it's just prospects really. Um, but missing out on the USA versus Canada game, and especially missing out on the women's tournament as well. We have to wait till the Olympics, and the Olympics just aren't as fun without the NHL players. Um, so uh, the 2023 tournament is scheduled for next season uh, to take place in Russia. Um, since we can't really have relegation in this year's tournaments, the 10 teams playing in this year's World Juniors will return along with Belarus. Um, which was promoted after winning the uh, like the second tier tournament back at the beginning of the month. So they'll be making their jump into the with the big boys, I guess you could say. But I think the most interesting story to come out of the world here, just on a much less serious note, I feel like I have to tell this story. Um, because it's just funny as hell. Um, Team Russia. So this happened on New Year's Eve. Um, this is great. The Russians had to fly back from Calgary to get to Frankfurt, uh, which I've learned is not the correct pronunciation. It's Frankfurt um, for Germans, but I don't care. Frankfurt. Um, they're flying from Frankfurt and then to wherever they're going in Germany. Um, the flight was delayed it, by Air Canada. It was an Air Canada flight. Um, the rush, I, the best way to tell the story is start with what the Russian head coach, Sergei Zubov, said. He told a Russian newspaper, I'm not going to pronounce, attempt to pronounce that newspaper name, but that the teams were removed from the flight because they violated the very strict mask rules by Air Canada. Um, little spoiler for the rest of the story, that is not the reason. So this is from Dr. Kathleen Scherf on Twitter, or just Dr. Scherf. Two hours late so far on Calgary to Frankfurt flight, the Russian juniors team wasn't back, trying to smoke cigarettes, not wearing masks, not listening to attendants. Cops swarmed the plane. We all had to get off while they and, while they and their luggage were removed, end quote. Uh, and then this is from uh, Aggie on Twitter. Uh, I'm live tweeting this drama as long as I can. The Russian coach is up here with us. He tried to vape on the plane. I've never seen a flight attendant get so mad. And then she tweets a few minutes later. Now he's listening to Russian rock music on full blast. That is funny enough on its own. I really hope it's like Russian bass boosted. You know, there's like the back of this plane is just filled with cigarette smoke. And the the coach or Sergei Zuboff is just saying, oh, yeah, it's because the mask rules are too strict when their players are just vibing in the back of this plane. Now, the funniest thing is the Czech team was also on this flight. Um, I've heard some of the Finns were as well. Uh, I saw that one source. Um, I'm not really going to say it because I only saw it one place. Uh, but the checks were also kicked off the plane because the cabin crew was unable to distinguish the inscriptions of Russia and Czechia on the same gray IIHF sweatshirts. Air Canada ex apologized for the expulsion of the Czech team and, at its own expense, secured the hotel and tickets for the next plane. And that was from Robert Zaruba, I want to say. So not only did Air Canada have to um, get kick 
the Russians off the plane. They accidentally kicked the Czech team off the plane as well because they couldn't tell the difference between Czechia and Russia on a sweatshirt. Um, so, but they issued an apology. They wrote the team a letter. They're you know providing the expenses to stay in Canada another day. Um, the Russia is not being given that honor of getting a- another day in Canada. Um, <laughs> oh, here it is. Yeah. Um, Team Finland was also on the flight destined for Frankfurt. There are no reports including them in the disturbances. They reboarded the plane with the rest of its passengers following a delay of over three hours caused by the Russians. Um, and this uh, this was the funniest thing I had ever seen, and I read it. I could not get enough of this story. And then I read this happened before with Team Russia at the World Juniors. So back when they won in 2011... They were kicked off a Delta flight, I think it was. I don't have it up in front of me, but they are kicked off a Delta Airlines flight because they were too drunk and they are considered a public disturbance. Um, I, I've always wanted to go to an international tournament. Just It's it's the best on best. But after hearing these stories, I would have party with the damn Russians. They they did not play. The, it's really disturbing. This is like 17, 18-year-olds. And that are just having the time of their lives in this Air Canada flight. And I feel so bad for the Czechs. They were having a time. And interestingly, this is the most interesting thing to come out of the World Juniors this year. Very little stories, but at least we get to make fun of the Russians and the Czechs. Um, Passengers were complaining about the Russians' behavior. The The crew had to therefore have the entire plane evacuated. I cannot get enough of Team Russia. Um, and for somehow, Team Russia is going to find the way to get banned from this tournament for several different reasons next year. C- calling them out now. Um, so, unfortunately, that's the end of the world. So you just talk for the year. Unless Russia finds a way to do something else or some crazy story happens. Um, that's the end of the world. Series. But we have some NHL stuff to talk about. They're back. My Leafs finally returning to play last night, putting up six on the Ottawa Senators. Whew. I miss Leafs hockey more than anything. And then my Penguins today beating San Jose 8-6, when I say it was. Uh, ignore the fact that it was 6 nothing or 6-2 at one point. Let me ignore that. But uh, for the first or the second, yeah, the game ended up 8-5. Uh, for the second time in 10 years, Dual hat tricks by teammates in the same game. Evan Rodriguez and Brian Rust. Um, they're heating up at the perfect time. I see the Penguins in against Dallas on Saturday afternoon, so I'm really excited to go see them. Pray that the Dallas Stars stay healthy for that game because they get, still got some players on COVID protocol, and just pray the league doesn't get shut down because I haven't seen the Penguins in a long time. But the main team I really want to talk about in the NHL right now is not the Penguins nor the Leafs. It's the Vancouver Canucks. Um, if you were following the um, NHL for the first half of the season, you know that the Vancouver Canucks have been a total mess of a squad recently. Um, just a a franchise, not just a team that just totally fell apart. Um, we're getting fire Jim Benning chance. A lot of it's putting on former coach, now former coach Travis Green. It's very clear that in, in even quotes that the players weren't buying into the system. 
it was just they had the hockey guy on the Steve Dangle podcast who is a Canucks fan, and he just said the the only thing Canucks fans want at the moment is hope because there is absolutely none. Um, then they fired everyone. <laughs> um, GM staff, coaching staff gone. They bring in Boost Boudreaux on the fifth. This is great. So he's hired on December 5th to take over a team who's been abysmal. So they come out the 6th. And let's just go over the games. 4-0 win against the Kings. 2-1 against Boston in the shootout. 4-3 over Winnipeg in the shootout. 2-1 over the Hurricanes. 4-3 over the Blue Jackets. 5-2 over the Sharks. Then they got this stretch of postponed games against Toronto, Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle. Not counting those, they didn't have it. 2-1 overtime win against Anaheim. 2-1 shootout loss. They still grab a point against the Kings. And then they beat Seattle 5-2 yesterday. That's a record of 8-0-1 since Bruce took over as coach. I'm trying to figure out this. Bruce Boudreaux is not 100% responsible for this. He's a great coach. We'll see when he gets to the playoffs. It's a whole different story. Him in Game 7, there's a bit of a thing there. Leafs have the same problem. Um, this is a team that actually wants to play hockey now. Like, see, like before Bruce Boudreaux got hired, let's go backwards. So 4-1 loss to Pittsburgh the day before. A 6-2 win against Ottawa. It's Ottawa. Don't get too excited. Go back to November and then, like, 2-1 win against the Habs, a 3-2 loss, a 4-2 loss, a 4-1 loss, a 1-0 loss, a 3-2 win, 4-2 loss, 5-1 loss, 7-4 loss, 7-1 loss. They were in not in good shape. And yeah, everyone complained. This is a team that finally got the things holding them back. I don't think Travis Green was holding them back as much as what he kind of got accused of. I think it was a lot more of Jim Benning and just that mental state that having a terrible general manager has been for years on this franchise and just holding them back with terrible, terrible, terrible contracts. Um, and it really, they, they are starting to look like a team who cares and the passion for the game has really been brought back to that squad. Um, really happy for them. Um, and Vancouver fans, it's, it's such a good fan base up there. Um, gorgeous city, diehard fans. And, you know, everything that's gone on with, like, all the flooding and everything in Vancouver and in Abbotsford down the road, um, they need this. Just something to look forward to in Vancouver right now because not been the best city in the world to live in recently. But the Canucks finally seen they're probably still not great. Um. But they're winning hockey games. What more can you ask for from them? Um, yeah, great for them. Um, but we're having hockey again. It's We're back into an 82-game season. Asterisk next to it, unfortunately. But we're back to we have a full NHL season. We're so excited for it. Um, Ovechkin just passes Andrichuk. For power play goals, um, career, Austin Matthews lighting it up, 
the Leafs prepping for another playoff disaster. Hockey's back, everyone. And it's, we're going to do everything in our power this go-around. We don't want to postpone more games. We're done with that. Um, we can, it just, through everything that's happened with COVID, it's really good to feel some normalcy. You know, like, because, like, last year was great. And it was, it was, like, the wacky fun season, you know. You only, like, the least played, like, seven different teams or six different teams all year or something like that. And just Canadian teams. I don't know the number. I'm too tired right now. It's 10.45. It's past my bedtime. Um, and that was like a wacky fun season, but it still felt weird. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that we're returning to normalcy as there's still a good chunk of league on of the league on COVID protocol. There's the words I was looking for. Um, but starting to feel normal again, at least in the grand scheme of things i'm really looking forward to where the season's going to evolve from here that's going to be the end of hockey today i think i said in the trailer i'm going to talk about more than just hockey whenever i feel like it it's my podcast i can do whatever i want there's a story today that i i heard and i knew i record on sundays i'm like this happened this afternoon. As soon as I saw the ESPN notification, I went, I'm talking about that tonight. For those who, who are unfamiliar, I'm a diehard Pittsburgh sports fan. Um, I, I resonate more, even though I was a little younger, like the Heinz Ward era, but like Antonio Brown, like I still, you know, I have a jersey of Antonio Brown. I was happy to see him leave Pittsburgh, but that's besides the point. Um, the Antonio Brown saga since he left the Steelers has been one of the most fascinating stories in sports. But today was like the cherry on top, and everyone listening to this probably already knows the story I'm about to tell. If you don't, you're living under a rock. This is hilarious. The Buccaneers, who Antonio Brown apparently was a member of before the Super Bowl last year, I didn't know until he caught a touchdown in it, were playing the New York Jets. For anyone unfamiliar, the New York Jets are barely a football team. They were losing. And the head coach of the Bucks, Bruce Arians, asked twice for Antonio Brown to check into the game. You know, the thing that they're playing. Their words today. Ah. The thing that they are paying him to do. Play football. They ask him on multiple occasions, can you please go on the field and play football? And for some reason, Antonio Brown refused to get on the field. I don't know why. Probably because they're losing to the Jets. It doesn't matter. You're still getting paid to play football. So... You see, the video is hilarious. I highly recommend everyone go watch this video. He's on the sidelines, and he's visibly angry. Apparently, Bruce Arians just told him to leave. Because, like I said, you're paying the man to play football, and he's refusing to play football. So you can see him visibly angry. He, and he starts taking off his football pads on the sidelines. 
which happens sometimes, but usually not while the player is screaming at his coach. Um, so he starts taking off his, his, his chest pad, I think is what you call him in football. And, and fellow Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Evans comes over, and he's, like, trying to comfort him. I, I don't think we're ever going to know the exchange that actually happened there. But whatever happens, he's trying his best to go, hey, come on, play football. You know, the thing we're in New York to do. And Antonio Brown is having none of Chris Evans trying to tell him to do his job. Um, so Antonio Brown just takes off the chest pad and just throws it. Just takes it off and chucks it as hard as he can. So now he's just wearing like the like uh, like the compression like muscle shirt that they wear underneath and just his gloves. So he starts walking away from the bench, and this man just takes off his gloves, takes off the undershirt that he's wearing, and just throws them into the crowd. The thing that football players do apparently, and he he just. Walks on the field, like through the end. There are players. I think it was between plays. It was working all day, so it was in between plays. But you know, players are on the field. There's a football game happening. The thing he's like, I'm gonna keep saying it because I think it's funny. The thing he's supposed to be doing, the football game, and he just like walks through the end zone, like trying to like pump the crowd up for some reason. And then he left the field. He just simply walks away. Like, just it's just clocked out. It's 5 o'clock. Get to go home now. There's still a football game going on, but I'm going home. There's, like, a video of him, like, just get, like, waiting for an Uber outside the stadium. Like, I think there's a video of him in the Uber. And he, and he like... And he just posts a picture, like, after he leaves of just him wearing what, in this article from NBC, describes as a casual winter clothing. And just captioned, Super Gremlin. Hmm. It appears that Antonio Brown did not feel like playing football today. Um... After the coach, everyone gets asked about it. Uh, Arians was quoted as saying he's never seen anything like that in all of his years. Um, well, yeah. Uh, Tom Brady had a hell of a quote. Uh, he urged compassion and empathy for Brown since NBC News. He suggested that he may need help. Well, yeah, I think we could all say that. And he said, let me read the quote, we all love him, we care about him deeply, you know, we want to see him at his best, and you know, unfortunately, it won't be with our team. And then Bruce Arians confirmed that his career as a Buccaneer is officially over. Well, yeah. I love this story, if you can't tell. There's just, like I've I've followed the Antonio Brown saga from him like getting like the speeding ticket in Pittsburgh if anyone remembers that like an hour or two before a game. And, you know the stories in Pittsburgh are, like stuff like that like he's just a terrible person like he would just not show up for like like opportunities at hospitals and like children's hospitals in Pittsburgh he just wouldn't show up for those like he said he was going to, um, but since he left Pittsburgh. 
the Antonio Brown saga is absolutely fascinating. Like the whole thing with like, do any of you remember the whole thing with his toe? When he was with the, um, it was just after he got traded to Oakland. Oh, the Oakland Raiders, no longer a football team with how long this saga has been going on. Where like he accidentally almost froze off his toe. And then he refused to play because the NFL couldn't, like they told him that he couldn't wear the helmet he liked. And then it says here in 2020, he pleaded no contest to burglary and battery charges. He attacked a truck driver. <laughs> um, uh, sexual assault. Throw that in there too. He's done everything wrong. That was back in 2019. And he said he would no longer play in the NFL. He probably would have been better for him if he would have stuck with that. Um, but he got a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. So I guess that makes up for it. No, he's a terrible human being. A lot of it is 100% due to CTE. There is no doubt in my man that... No doubt in my... Gosh, words in this episode are really hard for me. There is no doubt in my mind. There it is. That that man has CTE. Whether that was caused... Here's the Steelers fan in me coming out. Whether that was caused by the Vontese Perfect hit in the wildcard game. I don't know. That definitely had an effect on it, though. Yeah, his... I just... The fact he just... The best part of the story. We haven't even got to it yet. Is the fact that the all like the the security that stands around the sideline thought there was a streaker on the field and they were about to tackle him, and then they went, "Oh, that's just one of the players." <laughs> I am so glad this lined up with the podcast. Like I I could have talked about it. I feel like I was recording like three or four days because this would have been it's football, so it's it's already overdone. If I wait a few days, it would have been over. But. I probably still would have brought it up. I just think it's hilarious. Um, Most likely Antonio Brown's last moment on an NFL field. I sure hope so. I hope that he gets the help that he needs. Really do. He needs quite a bit of help. Um, But man, we've had a doozy of an episode today. Uh, Much better than the first one. We had stories to talk about, um, including... The Russians getting kicked off of a plane for smoking and playing Russian rock music and refusing to listen to flight attendants. And Antonio Brown stripping on a National Football League field and deciding he no longer wants to play football. What an episode. And this is just one of those sessions where I sit down and I just look, we're almost 27 minutes into this. Um, It feels like two. Um. Had a lot of fun talking today. Um, gonna wrap it up for now. A little bit longer than last week's episode. Um, with the software that I'm currently using, I gotta stick under a half hour for recording. Um, didn't think we'd get this close to it. Um, again, um, gonna be writing with Back Sports page. Um, pretty here pretty soon. Gonna get some articles out with them. They're pre- I think they're gonna try to help me with this podcast here. Um, I'll keep y'all updated on that. There is a Southern Twain coming out in me. Gonna keep y'all updated on how that's going. But I want to thank y'all for listening. Um, please make sure to follow my socials. Those are always gonna be down in the um the description of the episodes, whether you're listening on what are we on now? Okay. YouTube if I get it working tonight. If not, it'll be up tomorrow. 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're all on. Um, subscribe, like, follow. I don't know whatever Google Podcasts uses. I'm still very new to all this. Um, I want to thank you all for your support. The first episode did surprisingly good compared to I'm not publicizing as much as I should, but you guys are listening, and I don't know why. But again, thank you all for listening, and I'll be back next week. Thank you.